Picture it. A love story for the ages, filled with poetry, love songs, roses, and almost blowing up a shed? Our guests today, Joel and Tammy Fink, share all of this, along with the challenges of career changes and step-parenting, while staying on the same page. The Legendary Marriage Podcast begins now. If you're feeling more like roommates than soulmates, it's time for the Legendary Marriage Podcast. Every couple wants to have a great marriage, but the trials and challenges of life pull us in different directions. So we talk with amazing couples who share their stories and incredible experts who share their wisdom about building a life together. And at the end of every show, we give you a conversation starter so you and your spouse can build more intimacy and connection in your marriage by having conversations that matter. Hello there, Legendary Marriage family. This is Danielle and Justin. hey So whether you've been listening a long time, or maybe this is your first time, we're so glad you're joining us. Yes, a couple things to mention before we dive into today's show. If you aren't already a part of our community on Facebook, we really want to encourage you to check it out. Uh, we've got some great conversations, encouraging stories, and just uh, opportunities to connect into what we're bringing up later this fall, and it's all happening over there. Legendarymarriage.com slash community. And I want to say the people that are in there are super cool, and I really like them. So be a part of it. Yes. I think our cool factor has raised significantly. Yeah, you just surround yourself with cool yeah. people, and it works. Exactly. Second thing, we want you to be a guest on the podcast. We want to help you share your story to inspire and challenge other couples. It's so important to know that you're not alone in the trials and challenges of life and marriage and family. And the best way for that to happen is to listen to other couples' stories. That's probably why you're listening in, and we would encourage you to think about sharing your story with uh, others. Um, Just like our, our awesome couple today, but you know what? Honestly, they said to us, we're just like a regular couple. We don't have, you know, that much to share. But when we dove in with Tammy and Joel Fink, who are on the show today, the amount of wisdom yeah. could fill a book. Yeah. It was awesome and so much fun to talk with them today. Um, they really got me thinking, though, about our dating life because they talked about their dating and their courtship, and it was all a really cool story. So it got us thinking about us. So you and I... Thinking about us. Okay, we met at a grocery store. I feel like there's a Sinatra song for this. You can go for it, babe. I did it my way. Okay, speaking of that, that's like you and your mom's song. I don't think that's a good date song. No, it's you and your mom's song. Remember, you danced to that at our wedding? Yes, yes, yes. Okay, speaking of your mom, that's one of the reasons that we connected at the grocery store. And I came in all harried and... Harried? Well, just like frazzled about one of oh, my professors. Oh, I thought you meant like Harry. No, one of my professors. I was like, I can't believe this professor, blah, 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 blah. And then you asked me, what's your professor's name? And I tell you, and you start laughing hysterically. Yeah. Because it was your mother. Yeah. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. And then you... <laughs> Isn't that, don't you think that's a funny part about us getting together? Uh, 
kind of. It's a funny part. Yeah. And the whole grocery store thing. Yeah, so we funny. met at a grocery store and you actually included the grocery store in our proposal. You oh, had yes. this amazing proposal. I'll share that video. You know what? I can share that over in the in the Facebook group. You should. You should. So Justin did um, a proposal that was like this scavenger hunt all across the city. It probably took about two hours. It was legendary. I'm just saying it was featured in the local paper. <laughs> it was pretty amazing, honey. So yeah. it, and we have video and all of that. Oh my gosh. So we have proof. And I oh think yeah. I think I had some weird bangs and like a choker necklace and I yeah. don't know, all kinds of stuff because it was the early 2000s. <laughs> sure, blame it on the time. Yeah, but it really made me think of this when Joel and Tammy came on today and started talking about their courting and dating story because yeah. I loved it so much and I felt that f- sweet, swoony, new love feeling. Yeah. Didn't you? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I did. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm not not with you today. You know what I mean? Like, I'm here. I'm with you. I feel like I'm, I'm kind of going, but I'm not. Oh, my gosh. I'm just, yeah. I was very. I think I'm, I'm just, I'm, I get more reflective, like mm. having that conversation with them. I, I'm, I'm very pensive, very reflective. Instead of swoony. Uh, yeah, I think that would, pensive would be a better description of me than swoony. Interesting. In All right. Well, um, let's not delay anymore. Let's yeah. get to our interview with Tammy and Joel Fink. Here we go. Oh my gosh. I'm so happy to have Tammy and Joel Fink on the podcast today. They have been married for 17 years and reside in Branson, Missouri, which is kind of one of the coolest places that we've just discovered, by How the way. How did we just discover Branson? Well, we'll talk about that it's in a minute. It's kind of ridiculous, but... But <laughs> they have one son, two grandkids, and they are both artists and entrepreneurs, and they keep it lively, people. So we are so happy to have you guys on the show. Welcome. Thanks for Ooh. having us. This is such a treat for us because Tammy is a good friend of ours because we're entrepreneurs together. And we kind of, yeah. it's like an art, iron sharpens iron kind of relationship, I guess. I think it's a kindred spirits thing. And then there might be some iron sharpening in there. Yeah. Where appropriate. <laughs> and uh, Tammy has introduced us to Branson, which is, mm. yeah. First of all, it's so beautiful. And second of all, it's super fun to like drop your kids off and there's like a giant Titanic and a, you know. Yes, the Titanic is is in Branson, along with all kinds of other things. <laughs> okay. What is life like living in a tourist trap? And I say that with all due respect. Like, I love uh, tourist traps. You, you, you learn to navigate it uh, and you learn to go with the flow. If you move from a large city to a quiet place like uh, Branson here, you you love the quiet place, and you accept the uh, fact that the money uh, comes from the tourists. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's and so it, true. it really is interesting. Like there's the strip, so to speak, in yeah. in Branson, and then as soon as you pull a, a few blocks away from that, it, it is. It's like God's it's country. It's very quaint. It's yeah. just beautiful. It's mountainous. Yeah. We had the biggest breakfast we've ever had oh my gosh. in Branson, Missouri. The Hungry Hunter. 
It wasn't that what it's called. That, you the know pancakes what? were bigger than the plate. And oh it was just, we can, four of us could barely eat one pancake. That was the short stack and we could barely <laughs> eat it. But uh, so the, the other part about the terrain that, you know, I think about the, the landscape uh, because I like to ride motorcycles and I know that you all share that, that yeah. interest. And so I just imagine it is a beautiful place to just wind around on the country roads. There's, you can go all directions. Find something new every time. Now, Tammy, do you ride on the back or do you have your own bike? I, I ride on the back. I've, I've thought about I've thought about doing the bike, but I mean it's it's a lot. You know, they're very heavy. There's a lot of a lot of different problems and issues. I'd kind of like to have the trike thing at some point. I think that would kind of be cool. Um, See, we I, I, I appreciate that. Yeah. You know, I think that that's kind of neat. I, I do enjoy riding on the back, though, and I do it, what it allows me to do. I get to see so much of the country because you're just right there, and I don't have the responsibility of driving. I have to kind of like lean at the right places. Um, I have to tap him on the shoulder from time to time to, to point out things. But um, it's the perfect backseat driving setup. Um, <laughs> you know, a lot of times I'll just put in my earbuds and I'll be listening to Amy Porterfield or you know, listening to some other training podcasts and stuff, listening to you guys. Um, That's right. And it just allows me to have that me time where I'm really kind of disconnected from being on the internet. You know, I mean, I'm still connected in a way, but I'm not, you know, right here creating and doing all of that work. So we kind of freeze. It's, it's really freeing for me to get to be in that position. She's a real good writer too. And, that makes a lot of difference because if you're struggling with each other, it's not real safe. Tammy leans with you. She learned it real quick and we, uh, we get up and go. I'm curious. Um, Joel, do you just enjoy getting felt up? Is that why you do it? <laughs> what the? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I always think that about it. Cause it's like, that's what you do. You got to hang on. Right, honey. You got, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I took a while. Like four minutes in, and you've made everyone uncomfortable. <laughs> well, at least, well, there's a first for me. It's usually you. I thought you were gonna say it usually doesn't take that long. Yeah, usually doesn't take that long. Now, what's the coolest place you guys have ever ridden the bike together? Probably Roaring River. It's there's not a lot to it, but it's it's really nice and uh, it's it's a very peaceful place. And you can go up on a ridge and look down on it. It's a uh, trout hatchery that's built out of a natural spring. It's this huge spring. It's like a huge hole in the side of a mountain and cool air blows up out of there. I, I really enjoy it. It's a good ride. That sounds awesome. Isn't it funny how you can feel like the temperature changes yeah. when you when you go up and down or like around a corner and you're like, whoa, it just dropped 20 degrees. What's going on here? <laughs> I love that. It's like a Charlie Brown thing. I can remember reading Charlie Brown when I was a kid and Snoopy and Charlie would go mm, like that when a cool breeze would blow by. Man. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. I forgot <laughs> about that. Okay. So I'm wondering besides the leathers, you know, what attracted y'all to each other to begin with? How did you guys meet? What's the story? She was out hitchhiking on a not dark true. street. <laughs> In a pair of bottom jeans. <laughs> you guys got him started. Uh, that is not true. We met, we met online. Mm. 
we, we met online, you know, there it's very, it really is difficult to uh, go out and find a soulmate without relying almost entirely on chance. You can go to bars, you can go to church groups, you can meet people through friends. And after that, uh, the, the possibilities narrow down, in my experience at least, uh, rapidly. Uh, and we, we found each other in a way that was just starting to take shape. And uh, it, it worked for us real well. She was the top of my list. It, it gave, gave a list of, uh, of potential uh, meetup dates, yeah. And Tammy was number one. Oh, I love that. Tammy, was he your number she one? Was. No. The fun part with it was I was actually seeing somebody when we met online. Um, okay, why did you still have an open profile, Tammy? I still have an open profile. I guess I was keeping my options open. Shopping. But we hadn't, we weren't like looking at that time. I mean, we had just met online and I was seeing somebody, not super serious. It was just somebody I had been going out with. And so I had told Joel, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't going to do this, you know, several different date kind of thing at that, that stage of my life. Um, but we stayed friends and we talked and we shared poetry back and forth. Joel is a, just a fantastic writer and some of the things that he did. I mean, that was something that was probably very attractive um, to me. And I think for both of us, we, we played a lot online. We, we played deals where we would do each do a line of poetry for each other and pass it back and forth. And we, we really kind of just had fun with it. Um, and then there came a point in time when I was no longer seeing this other person. And I told Joel and we, we met shortly thereafter, but we had been talking online for probably six months before we actually, actually met. Yeah. I, I had joined the service and, uh, I'm, I'm really a very shy person. I have a terrible time meeting women and have all, all of my life, but that's just be like friends or something, uh, for, for me to, uh, to start to date someone. And Tammy told me that, uh, she was seeing someone when I contacted her I just decided no I'm going to do this I'm going to contact her and we'll just see what happens if she rejects me I'll somehow live through it and she uh was uh congenial we uh talked a little bit but she told me that she was uh seeing this guy and normally for me I have this I, I have these rules of chivalry that say that if if she is I'm not going to pester her. I'll just let her go and move along this time I said no no I'm not going to do that rule this time I'm not going to use that strategy for dating. I'm, I'm just not going to do it. So uh, I stayed on her and I, I courted her online with poetry and I stayed at it. I didn't push, you know, we, we were friends. I didn't push hard. And in February of the following year after we met, uh, she sent me an email that said, uh, if you want to meet me, be up here Saturday. <laughs> so I, I dropped everything. It was like two days away or something. I dropped everything and hit the road. And he was three, about three hours. We wouldn't have met. I mean, there was just no way we would have met without doing it online. Yeah, I I went up there, saw her, went back home, and like uh, two weeks later was Valentine's Day, and I packed everything up in the middle of the day, got the best bouquet of roses I could find, and drove up. She told me, oh, I don't like roses. I like wildflowers. I'm thinking, don't. Okay. You're throwing them out the window. Roses. Yeah, <laughs> roses. What kind of schmuck gets roses? Is he yeah. <laughs> I brought her those roses. She was working at a newspaper, 
And she oh, took those roses and held them up and walked right through the middle of that newspaper, looking around to see who saw the bouquet of roses. Yes. <laughs> it was over then. I, I think I was in. Seriously, you guys, do you still do the poetry thing? Because I'm just like loving the whole poetry scenario. <laughs> I go through periods, but we don't uh, we don't write back and forth with the line thing. You know, we really should, but we uh, we haven't done that in a while. But you know, something we do we do often do on our refrigerator. If you come here, I took um, and I love this tip. This is a great tip, and it's so much fun. I took Scrabble pieces and I glued magnets to the back of the Scrabble words. And we do messages to each other yeah. on the on the refrigerator. That's brilliant. So we still do that. It's like the little kid letter. You guys probably have the little alphabets, A, B, C letters that are yeah, magnets. Yeah. Not that stage is coming. But we just did that. It's like an adult version. And like people, it's really funny when we have people over to the house, we won't pay attention to it. Or, you know, we go in different times or we not, you know, not really paying that much attention. It'll be like, show me your rack. What? Yeah. We'll find them, and it's really funny. So we, we do still do some of those yeah. silly little things like that. And we sing together. So we do sing. We sing a lot together. Oh, yes. what kind of songs do you guys like to sing? It ranges, ranges wildly from uh, the Beatles to Rocky Horror Picture Show. You never really, something will pop up. The Rocky Horror Picture Show, and that is just like one of the things, there's really funny thing that happens with us in music. And it's a lot of times, even from like children's rhymes, nursery rhymes, or little songs and ditties that you hear. Um, and we didn't go to the same place, you know. I mean, we didn't go, we weren't from necessarily the same exact area. But there's a lot of little things that we'll find out. It's like, oh my gosh, I've never known another person that, has, that knows that song. And we will know yeah. some of the same songs, even from our childhood. It's bizarre. And the Rocky Horror Picture Show thing, I actually went. During college, we brought in the Rocky Horror Picture Show during college or whatever, and that's where I learned. I bought the album and kind of really got into it. I didn't dress up because I was coordinating the event, but that's where I kind of got into it. And so then we showed it several nights in a row. You know how they they do all of that. And so that's where I kind of learned and picked up on it. And then when I met Joel, he had known some of it. They were from Dallas, you know, down in Dallas where they have like the real... Rocky Horror, not the little college stuff, but the real crazy experiences. Yeah, Dallas as a city is kind of like Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Us from Austin. Justin, did you used to do Rocky Horror Picture Show? I, I would go with some of my friends. I vaguely remember something about you had to throw toast. Yeah. And nice. there was like Kraft macaroni and cheese or something. There was all these things that you had yeah. to know how to do. And I don't think I knew all the things, but yeah, it's been a long time, but it seems like every year or so I see something like Alamo draft house. will do a Rocky horror picture show, sing along or something like that. Okay. Speaking of sing along, do you guys do karaoke? <laughs> have we ever done? Did we ever? We did on the cruise ship. Remember we tried yeah. to do karaoke. It was really hard. It was yeah. really, really hard. I think this is, this is my personal opinion. People would just make millions of this. If they would just change it up a little bit, all I need them to do is put the front seat of a car and the steering wheel on one side, right? And just yeah. put your back to the audience and just sing, I yeah. would be fine. But the whole being live in front of people just freaks me out, I think. And I, I would get really, really nervous about that. Um, we've sang in public a couple of times. We're at church, um, that sort of thing. And then we yeah. sing 
racing all the time in the cars. So if you ride with us yeah. anywhere, you're probably going to get serenaded at some point. I think we invented that whole singing in the car thing that they do in the cabs. I think yeah. that was us. <laughs> I, our greatest joy is from singing with each other in the car while we're driving. We really take a lot of, a lot of pleasure from that. Yeah. I love that. Oh my gosh. So you guys ride motorcycles together. You sing together. You do poetry together. This is like the cutest couple we've ever had on the show, Justin. <laughs> Could be. They're, Could way, be. they're way cuter than us. Not that we're keeping score. <laughs> but you know well, what? You know, I'll give you a little bit of props. Justin used to write me poetry. I, don't, I haven't seen much lately, but when we first you met... You don't want to see the poem I wrote about you today. <laughs> we had a, our day was a little dicey well, our so. day our day was um hey let's uh, i'll i'll go in we don't to need work to go late. into all this we don't need to go into all this i'll go really. into work late let's go for a hike like that's that's one of our things we go down on the yeah. green belt by our house and we just walk and talk and talk about life and stuff and i'm all excited like here we go we're gonna have this great great morning going out on the trail and it was just a cluster hump of horribleness. It was like the Rocky Horror Picture Show, only not funny. <laughs> <laughs> and without the, the cross-dressing. Yeah. <laughs> on the Rocky Horror Picture Show thing, we did go two or three years ago on a Halloween. Yeah. They had a live event. We went to one. And yeah, we decided we at that point, that <laughs> we're kind of, we like yeah, the song. It gets a little, like some of those things get a little. It's not that we're too old to go. It's that we don't want to go there and see the people who are too old to go. <laughs> so, so I'm just, I'm just, that came out of the sharing about our, our derailed date this morning. But we're good now. Have you had a, a date night or, or an outing that has just kind of totally derailed on you? Hmm, not really. I, I want to think of something because I don't, you know, don't want it to make everything appear to be smiles. But what, one of our policies is to not uh, really write that down in a book. Uh, yeah, yeah, like keep no records of it. We just, we really don't uh, do that. It's just a, a, a means of being happily married, I think. I, I'm sure we've had bad experiences, but nothing's coming to mind right now. Oh, they are doubly cute, Justin. I can barely <laughs> yeah. even no, it's, it. not, it's not all perfect. It's really no, not. It's not. We, okay, we, so, so I want to get into like how you guys got married. So Joel, you said you had never been married. Yeah. And then Tammy... You had previously been married. I'd previously been married. Um, I'd been married about seven or eight years, I think. Uh, and then I'd been divorced for um, about maybe the same length of time, just a little bit shy of that. Garrett was 12 when we met. And so we had Garrett. Um, and that was, that was really tough. Um, I was really grateful. I've heard so many horror stories on the blended marriage thing, the blended families. There was a couple of things we had going for us, I think, and a couple of things we didn't, some things we weren't prepared to deal with. And I think that part of it was Garrett is ADD, um, and so we had that issue. Well, Joel was also ADD, not necessarily wasn't something that they even knew what it was when he yeah, was going yeah, to school, but he had a, a different level, and he had a different level of working with Garrett that I really hadn't developed 
being a parent of a child like that. I mean, you know, it's, it's just one of those things that it, it took a lot, you know, to kind of go through that. Um, and Garrett was a good kid. I mean, he's just never been wired the way everybody else is wired. I was prepared to deal with all, you know, all kinds of craziness um, that we really just didn't have that problem with Garrett. He would do different things that, that we weren't really prepared for. You know, he didn't later on, you know, when I turned 16, I was studying at the DMV like there were Zeppelin tickets going on. I mean, I was ready. Um, you know, he didn't get his license till he was 18. Just didn't want to bother with it. And so, I mean, there was just things like that that was just different with Garrett. And I think Joel and Garrett, and I'll let him, him talk a little bit about it, but there was things with them that they had to kind of work through being two very kind of similar in personalities um, but not really an appreciation of each other's personalities when Garrett was 12. You know, he was kind of a handful to deal with. Um, so I know that, that they, they, they did work through when, some of it. When you join a family, you enter as an intruder. And you got to know that. That's, that's, that's who you are to at least one member of that. And it can very easily shift to being to that way for both members. Uh, in the case, you know, that's, there were two. And I, I, was, I was aware of that. One of the first things I decided that I wanted to not necessarily instill in Garrett, but emphasize was I wasn't his dad. I was not going to try to take the place of his dad. The parenting by the male member of this extent, extended family set up here was his dad. And that I, you know, I, I, I would uh, expect uh, rules to be lived in the house while I was there, but uh, I, I wasn't going to do that. And uh, another thing I brought to the table was an understanding that schools and ADHD or ADD kids don't really mix. They, 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 don't, they don't fit together. There's no dovetailing. And so we, uh, we had to go down, uh, and I was serious. I was dead set on this. We had to go down and essentially beat the school into submission so that they would, and not to give Garrett special privileges isn't what we work for. We just wanted them to accommodate some of his failings. Like Garrett had a problem doing homework. He could do the test with a bright kid, could learn everything, but got terrible grades because he wouldn't turn in his homework. And we insisted that they email us copies of his homework. Not a huge request, but we insisted. And we had to fight to get it. And with Garrett, I went down there every day to his school until that was set up and picked up his homework by hand because I knew from being an ADD kid that you didn't do your homework. You just, for some reason, I don't know what the problem is. And another uh, aspect I, I tried to uh, bring to it was a sense that I had that Garrett had to have some victories over me, uh, that we, we had a male-male thing going here, and Garrett needed some victories so that he felt invested in what would become our mixed family. Wow. That is a brilliant insight. That really is. Now, Tammy, were you part of this like acclamation of Joel and Garrett together, or did you kind of just let them have their own thing? We, it kind of went, it kind of went both ways. When we were living in the show together, um, and we were trying to make that work, and I had a good relationship with his dad. Um, his dad was remarried. Um, she had her own kids. They didn't live in the house, 
they were already older. I think she had one son that lived there yeah, part of the time. Yeah, so they they were living in the same general area. So that kind of, we had that little bit of support um, going on with it. But there was also this phase where Garrett became of age as 12 at that point. And I know rules have changed and laws have changed everywhere now. But at that point, he could decide where he wanted to live. And so there was some animosity between me and his dad at that point. And, and we chose to let Garrett go live with his dad, at least during the school year. And that was really tough on us yeah. um, because we had worked so hard with the school to get everything. Garrett didn't change schools, but we had worked really hard to kind of get that put in place. And part of the reason was so Garrett could stay in that school. I eventually, we'd got married and we had been married for, well, we went on our honeymoon this is how fast all this happened. I was working as at a newspaper as a graphic designer for the newspaper. And we went on, we got married. We went in September. We went on our honeymoon and um, came back two weeks later and they laid me off. Oh, so we had just moved Joel there from Tulsa. Yeah. And so he didn't, wasn't working. I had just been laid off. Garrett was still living in the house at that point in September. Yeah. I believe he's still, still in their house. At September, we um, that was one of those tough times that we really kind of rolled with the situation and even with Garrett and stuff. But what it allowed us to do is I stayed off work for a year um, trying to get a job, um, collected unemployment, and we did pottery on the side. That's where the pottery story kind of starts with oh, us. Yeah. Joel had never done, I don't know, you didn't take an art class, no, really. No, never did. Um, like he had, you know, he was creative and stuff. We knew that with the poetry and some of that. He had that, that flair, but he had never pursued anything like this and so I stayed off work for a year we worked together we went we were together every day for a year which was while you know you might look at it again the half glass half empty half full scenario it allowed us to have a family dynamic there for a year where we were all together at the same time in the same place for a year well, and as newlyweds, what a great opportunity to yeah. to really right? solidify I mean, your relationship. That kind of just yeah. crashed everything. You know, that could have been the end of all of it. You know, obviously it's a sign, you know, but we took it literally as this is an opportunity that most people don't get to have. Yeah. We love being together. We really, once we've met, the, the story on that, once we met, he was down every, almost every weekend we were together. Um, whenever he wasn't working and stuff in, in Tulsa. And so we spent a lot of time. And then, like I said, after we got married, we were together daily for a while. I taught him what pottery I knew, which was nothing in compared to what he knows. But I had all the toys. I had the wheel and the kilns and, and all of that. So I was doing a lot of projects and stuff that way. So we had Garrett. Um, we did Garrett stuff. I kind of supported that as much as I could. Garrett, like I said, Garrett kind of had his own ideas on how things were going to go down and how, um, you know, what he wanted, what he wanted to get out of this relationship too. And he was also working with his dad and he was starting to get into being that preteen. So we decided at some point, um, I took a job as a corporate designer and I, we moved to Kansas. And when that happened, Garrett was with his dad. Um, he didn't change schools and we moved two hours yeah, about two hours from there. So we brought him up on the weekends when we could, and we had him in the summer. And mm. 
the first summer we were up there, Joel still kept doing pottery, still kept playing at that and, and just trying to learn as much as he could learn. Yeah. Was it a hobby at that point or was it a business at that uh, point? It with was your a both. It was a little of both, but it wasn't a profession. It wasn't no, like that was what he was going to do for I, the rest of his life. I had income from some rentals and uh, we had some income from the pottery. Uh, and uh, Tammy was working as a corporate designer. So you guys are both artists. You yeah. you told us that we said that in the bio in the beginning. Like, um, how does it work with two artists in a relationship together? We we have uh, we may not have had uh, a bad date, but we did build a bad shed together. <laughs> when, when we're working together on the same project, we both want to be in charge. And uh, I can be a little petulant about it. I can get upset if I'm not in charge. They're my tools. I know. And I quit. And I keep losing them. But oh, no. you know, what we decided um, through, I think really through that project, because that was a tough one. They say a lot of people, I mean, people get divorced over money and building houses. I'm pretty sure that's like the two top things of like going to building a house together. And this was a little shed. I mean, this was just a little tiny, you know, somewhere to put, put the lawnmower. Yeah, it was a tough project. We knew we had some issues then because we both wanted to be in charge. And I think one of the things that we've developed since then is kind of a way of we'll start a project. We're going to talk about who's going to be in charge. And once that's established, then the other person can kind of go into a supplemental support role. Yeah. Yeah. We, we've worked that out, you know, uh, it's, it wasn't pretty, it wasn't clean, it wasn't terrible either. We don't yell at each other or anything like that. But uh, we can get upset with each other. And, uh, and you know, uh, when something like that happens, the, the main uh, or the key aspect of a good relationship uh, goes away for a little bit, and that's communication. And when we get in those tense moments, we stop communicating. And that's, I think, when we know we're going to have to kind of work our way back to a, a more neutral spot and start over. It's interesting. All the research says that um, having fights is good. Yeah. It's good in a marriage. And actually, uh, where, where couples don't uh, have healthy, productive conflict there is often some really key indicators of significant unhealthiness in the relationship. Are we talking silent but deadly? Is that what we're talking about here? Uh, silent but deadly, <laughs> uh, amongst other things. I think, I think you're right, though. It's, it's the, the key is you, you find those places, you, you, you catch your breath, and then you keep pushing through till you find a way to, to move forward together. Right. Well, you know, you build trust when your throat is exposed. Is the moment you can uh, there's the opportunity you have to build trust if that other person doesn't strike a blow, and and we've made it through those moments successfully. Mm. I like that the throat is yeah. exposed. <laughs> do you go for the jugular or do you not go for the jugular? Hmm. <laughs> Honey, we had a similar experience. Justin and I, we bought a house and Justin oh, yeah. two is... Years, two years into our marriage. This was an interesting dynamic because he is a big picture thinker and I'm just kind of like 
all right, I'll help you make it happen. If you got the vision, I'll help make it happen. And um, he had this crazy big vision of gutting this house and, you know, changing the roof line and the electrical and the plumbing and the, a new basement and like everything that you could possibly imagine we did to this house. And, um, actually that was when we had a low point in our marriage because of, well, because we mismanaged our finances, but not because we lost any tools or lost any, well, you lost your thumb, but... He was maimed. I didn't lose my thumb. You <laughs> cut it off in a table saw. No. <gasps> you yeah. did it. Do not piss her off. That's all. <laughs> but we, we did make it out the other end. We did. We kept talking. We kept fighting. And we came out the other end. Honey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look at his tense smile. <laughs> I think one of the big things with us though, and, and I agree with the, with the fussing thing, but I will tell you this relationship has been something really different than I had experienced before. And I've been in several relationships. This is my marriage, but I've been through some other, other relationships with the fussing and fighting, you know, that kind of deal. And I think that there's some of that, and I see people making this mistake and, and, you know, we've, we've seen other couples and stuff that we've been around and stuff too, where they throw each other under the bus a little bit and they, they don't act like this is a person that you really like, um, let alone that somebody that you're supposed to be in love with. And I think that that's one of our things that we try to hold on to that at the end of the day, I'm still his biggest fan and he's mine. And I know that, you know, there, there can be things happen. There can be bills that don't get paid or, you know, something that's catastrophic. And some of those times are things that bring us closer together. Um, but it doesn't, it doesn't shape who we are. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, like I said, we're, we're each other's biggest fan. And I tell him, I tell him every day he's my favorite. And that, that's really important because I think neither of us feel that we're threatened in our identities that we're uh, we both feel that we are uh, acceptable to the other person as we are, as is. And there's a lot of comfort to be drawn from that. And a lot of pressure is relieved, I think, from uh, uh, from the relationship, or that could be there. Mm-hmm. Yes. We've heard so much wisdom from y'all, but I'm sure you've got one more nugget left. What do you think it takes to build a legendary marriage, Tammy and Joel? I believe that uh, our relationships uh, tend to be transactions and that, that we go about our lives making these transactions that are quid pro quo in a healthy transaction, you get equal for equal. Uh, I think that in a marriage, you're not dealing with a transactional relationship. You're dealing with something that's based on trust and some undefinable qualities in each other that stay uh, that stay a mystery. Letting go of a sense of, you know, well, you did this, so I get to do that, or I do this, or you could do that. Letting that go, I think, makes for a much, much stronger marriage. Mm, I love that so much. Yes. I feel like most of the words that are coming out of Joel's mouth, I need to embroider on a pillow. <laughs> <laughs> Tammy, can you hook us up with some pillow embroidery? <laughs> Maybe, I'm sure we can have that. We know someone. We know someone. We can at least do the t-shirts. We can can at least maybe work on that. Yes. So full disclosure, 
Like Tammy is our brand, our visual brand strategist. Like, mm. and she's created amazing. our logo, ha- helps mm. us all the time, and and absolutely check out Blue Water Designs. Dot. I don't know if this. she has any embroidered pillows, but you might need to listen <laughs> to that. We may have a whole new market going on. That's new right. New I don't know how to embroider, so I'm out of this game. Um, so, Tammy, what do you think it takes to build a legendary marriage? I think, you know, Joel and I talk about it, and I think that there's some things we don't do that I think, you know, I mean, you can always, you know, build upon things, but there's things that we don't do. We don't, I, I don't talk bad about Joel in front of, if he's not in the room, I don't talk bad about it. He doesn't talk bad about me if I'm not in the room. There's no, we're, you know, getting together with the girls and having conversations and and all of that kind of stuff. We just don't engage in that. And it's really, because we don't, we're always surprised about how many other people do that. Um, And I don't know why that that seems to be some way of, if you tear down the person that you love somehow, that gives you more power in the relationship. And I don't, I don't think that's something that people should do. And I think a lot of young people do that. Um, and like I said, it's something that we've just agreed. We just don't do it. And I think that that allows us to build the level of trust, like Joel was saying, being able to pull that from somewhere. Mm. Yes. I love it so much. You don't go for the jugular, even though your neck's exposed. I keep that, that visual keeps going in my mind. (laughs) It just does. The usual visual you use is something about smothering me with a pillow. It could be an embroidered pillow. Oh boy. (laughs) You guys, thanks so much for being on the show. I mean, seriously, we're not talking about smothering people, honey. honey. (laughs) It's a joke. I'm not really going to do it. It's not, it's not going to happen. And there's thousands of witnesses to every time you've ever seen (laughs) Every time she threatens. <laughs> I'm just saying. That uh, that may go against the wisdom that Joel and Tammy are offering here. I'm just saying. <laughs> I, I might need to dial that oh. down a little bit. All right. Well, thanks so much, guys. Thank really you well. for having us. Thanks for having us. I feel like I was really convicted yeah. about this. Uh, the All the wisdom that Tammy and Joel had to share, especially about just putting petty differences aside. And just tapping into the love. You have a have lot of petty other. differences with me. I feel like <laughs> we do have petty differences. <laughs> and that kind of thing can be more exhausting than like the big stuff, you know? Sure. The little petty stuff just kind of goes, ugh, it's just exhausting. Just let go, Danielle. Just give in. You too. Let go to some of the stuff and then just give in to me on the other stuff. I feel like... You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I feel like... I'm not sure this is a win-win type of situation here. But no, I am very, very welcoming to the letting go of the petty stuff. I'm really, really into it. So thank you, Joel and Tammy, yes. for sharing it with I, our audience and with us. <laughs> I love having couples on the show and experts. But it's just... Like, we've been around the block. We've been doing this for a while. We've worked with hundreds of couples. Yeah, we're almost up to 100 that. episodes. And, and, and we still learn things every time. We still get a chance to, to reconnect and, and we talk about the, the conversations the, every time, every You know week. what I would not have predicted when we started this is that we would learn the same or even more from just the ordinary couples yeah. than 
yeah. the experts. I we'll, we'll get into doing some retrospective stuff as we approach 100 episodes here in the next few weeks. Hey, we're approaching. But um, like I'm thinking all the way back to when Ryan and Alexis were on the show, the very first guests that we had. I know. Taylor and Nathaniel. And just and they're in their early 20s. Yeah. And there are so many Still ways Still so much in which, to learn. Yeah. There's so many things that I, we walked away from that conversation going, oh, wow, we need to... I feel like we're really blessed to have yeah. all that showered upon us every week. Yeah. Um, and so are our listeners. All right. So here it is. Talk about it. It's the talk about it segment of the show. Each week, we challenge you to set a time with your spouse to have a conversation that matters. Danielle? Okay. Here's the question I have because I'm so in love with Tammy and Joel's dating experience. What's an element of your dating life that you'd like to reincorporate? Oh, yeah. Into your married life. Uh, you know what one of my favorite dates was? Share. Uh, I was probably there. Swinging on the swings at the playground at my elementary school at night. Oh, that's so simple. Yeah. We were probably just all googly and stuff. Yeah. We'd probably get arrested now. <laughs> <laughs> if we went over to the... T- Where are your parents? If we went over to the school, like there's a school right in our neighborhood. If we yeah. went over there and did that at night, we'd probably end up arrested. The HOA wouldn't like it. Yeah. HOA <laughs> smack down. <laughs> but we can try that. So find a time and have a conversation with your spouse about that. What's an element of your dating life that you'd like to reincorporate into your marriage and your weekly date nights now? Let's do it. All right. So as always, we are talking about the hot topics from the podcast and so much more over on our free community on Facebook. So join the conversation at legendarymarriage.com slash community. You can find this episode and the show notes over at legendarymarriage.com slash zero nine two. And finally, we want to help more couples have conversations that matter. So if you love the show, then please let us know. Jump over to iTunes, subscribe, rate, and review the show so we know how we're doing and other couples can find us. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Legendary Marriage Podcast. This is Danielle and Justin reminding you, don't settle for an ordinary marriage. Make yours legendary. Legendary.